You're listening to Drek FM. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. We've all been fired. Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. By we, you mean Emily, right? I did, but also everyone else. Wait, 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 wait. No. I, I can't lose this job. I take care of my sick grandma. And I like nice things. I should have went before Ron. Wait, why are they shutting us down? Bruce says we're obsolete. Gone are the days of a man in a bandit mask stealing a ruby from a museum. Now it's all just supervillains trying to destroy the earth. It's superheroes fighting one another for vaguely defined reasons. Our products are powerless to stop that. So he just gave up on us? I thought we were here to change the world. <laughs> Who told you that? It's a company motto. Oh, that. No, that came with the office. This used to be a diaper company. Welcome, everyone, to the 602 Club, Trek FM's general geek show. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome to Charm City. Uh, it's, I, I'm just, I just, it, it, it's charming. It, it's, I feel charmed to be here. Uh, enough charm puns. Uh, I hope everybody's got, uh, Ruby is serving Wayne Light Lime only tonight. Uh, and let me say, for a light beer, it's not bad. I'm not really a, a, a lot, you know, any kind of light beer guy, but Wayne, he knows how to make a beer. He knows how to make it light. And he's got the right amount of lime. It's fantastic. Uh, and I'm I'm really excited because for the first time ever in the 602 Club with me is the one, the only Aaron Harvey. How's it going, Aaron? It's going well. I I, I can't personally drink beer, so I, I talked Ruby into giving me a soda oh, okay. cola. Okay, excellent. So I've got that, but... I might drop some lime in it and kind of simulate Oh, there you the go. Taste. Good idea. <laughs> well, um, if you don't have any idea what we're talking about, uh, we decided that we would dive into the brand new DC Comics sitcom and their first sitcom. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, as we talk through that. Now, uh, before we do that, of course, don't forget you can find us on iTunes at iTunes.com slash TrekFM. We have a feature provider there, all of the shows. I really want to say thank you to everybody who's been over there recently and, and giving us star ratings and reviews. Uh, thanks so much, guys. It means a lot, and it does really help out the show for the 602 Club and Star Wars 602 Club collection. Really appreciate everybody's hard work over there, and um, yeah, uh, just continue that. Uh, hit us up with some more, and you'll definitely get called out on the show. If you do, you'll, you'll hear your name on the show, so... Uh, and of course, we're on Twitter at TrekFM, Facebook, Facebook.com slash TrekFM. We have the listeners only discussion group there on Facebook, which you can find at the Babel Conference. Just type Babel into that search field on Facebook or go to the website at Trek.fm. It's a great place to go. Check out all of the shows. Plus, if you're on any of the pages for any of the episodes, you'll see a little button that says discussion. Just click that, and it'll bring you straight to the Babel Conference. Which really is a nice oasis in the world of social media yeah. today, because it's like the only place I feel like I can go, I'm like, I'm going to have yeah. a conversation. <laughs> about Star and Trek. And I'm not going to get... 
about Star Trek, and it's not going to end in Weepy some sort tears. of like yeah. unfriending or, or tears. <laughs> yes, exactly. And of course, uh, last but not least, uh, go to trek.fm slash contact if you'd like to send us an email. Love getting those. Really appreciate it. Everybody who spends time to write in, trek.fm slash contact. Just choose the show, choose the 602 Club, and that'll come straight to me. And then, of course, any of the hosts that are here. So, uh, Aaron, uh, this is an interesting show because, uh, and I, 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 it kind of feels like this show had its own Charm City train ride, uh, which if anybody who's seen the pilot so far, uh, and we are going to spoil it, so if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. It's only 30 minutes, you know, so you could watch this as 22 minutes of television, come back and you can listen to the episode. Or if you just... It's animated yeah, series Yeah, length. exactly. <laughs> and it, or, hey, maybe you just want to hear our commentary on it and what we think of it to know if you should watch it. So that's fine, too. I just wanted everybody to know that there's a spoiler warning there. So, yes. the first episode, Emily Locke, Vanessa Hudgens, is on a train ride to work, her first day of work, and there's a superhero attack, and her train almost crashes. And this show is a lot like that in the sense that, uh, obviously, the first time that DC Comics decides to do a sitcom. And the original pilot that they did, uh, and, and Aaron, maybe this sounds familiar, but they do an original pilot... The studio kind of likes what they're going for, but they're like, ah, it's it's not quite there. Go back and redo the pilot hmm. and come back to us. Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. It's, I don't I'm um, like, hmm, Gal- No, not. Is it, uh, yeah, no, that's what I was thinking. No, um, Star Trek. Star oh, Trek. Is it? Star- <laughs> yes, that thing that we're yes. on that network. That like, I know. <laughs> so really interesting that. The, the pilot originally, uh, and, and when I first heard about the show, it was going to be a group of insurance agents who sincerely want nothing more than to help people uh, living in a city where superheroes have kind of run rampant and there's ridiculous amounts of destruction and they want to make sure that people get what they deserve money-wise and everything else. When you heard about it originally, did it, it seemed like to me that they were showing or i mean kind of selling it as not a hundred percent a comedy it was sort of like sort of a dramedy or something like that it felt like it had more serious tones to it and maybe it did i don't know i haven't i didn't get to see the original pilot and it's interesting uh i I encourage anybody you can go out there you can search on the the web and you can get reviews of of what they showed at comic-con last year at san diego comic-con and it, it does sound like a different type of show and i wonder if I just want to talk about this for a minute. I, I wonder if maybe the show was a little bit too much, and maybe people are just tired of it. Can we just have our superheroes not be so, like, mired in the real world? Yeah, they destroy things, but that's kind of part of what we love about it, right? That it's over the top, it's big. Can we stop having, yeah. you know, Captain America have to talk about, you know, global destruction all the time? Can we stop worrying about if Superman destroyed half a city defeating Zod? Can we stop worrying? Because in the yeah. next episode, it'll be exactly. put back, or issue, it'll be exactly. put back together. Um, <laughs> you know, superheroes are really fast. They help rebuild things, you know? Um, I, I, and it almost feels like that the studio saw the episode and thought, maybe this... Maybe we should just really go for a fun comedy instead of maybe trying to do something that's, I don't know, so preachy and in your face about things. I don't know. What do you think? I I think they might actually be taking a cue from some of the CW shows that have been getting some positive buzz as far as 
it's not as you know they even made fun of it on arrow when arrow crossed over into the flash and they said something that was a little bit depressing and and one of the characters was like i thought you were the fun ones you know so it was like i think they're they may have been sort of tipped off to the fact that people are really enjoying some of the 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 brighter more like a comic book the original comic books uh sort of that that happier storyline it's not all happy but i mean it's just it's not as, like you said, mired in the real world. It's, at this point, I think a lot of people don't want to think about the real world. They want to think about, you know, anything else. So this is sort of just a fun diversion. And it, it, it you know, and they even do poke fun in the first episode uh, at those, the, the movie. <laughs> it was like, what was it? Uh, you know, superheroes fighting each other for vaguely yes, defined yes. reasons. <laughs> so. Villains, who, super villains who just want to destroy the earth. You know, like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I think you're absolutely right. There's, I think there's a, a place for all of it. And it, it seems like that where they go with this show uh, and, and what they've given us now in this newer pilot, the one that we've all seen, uh, if you weren't at San Diego mm-hmm. Comic-Con or somebody who got a review copy of the original, uh, the new pilot is that the people work for Wayne Security, and they create products that help save people from villains and superhero battles that happen. That's that's their job requirement. And obviously Wayne Security, owned by Bruce Wayne, run by his cousin, Van Wayne, uh, not, not as well-known and uh, not as successful. Uh, and not as dark. <laughs> Why don't Bruce isn't dark? Bruce is a playboy. Batman's dark. But I don't know. Maybe Bruce is darker. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he... Maybe he gets... I don't know. Probably uh, not, because I don't think he gets a lot of sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember if Van... If we've never heard of Van Wayne before, have we? I'm assuming that that's something they've just created for I, show. I'm sure that they have. I, I... Well, and mainly because, obviously, in the... Oh, no, actually oh, really? not. Wait, I, yes, I, I am doing what most people do sometimes when they're watching television. I, you Google something. Uh, apparently, uh, in 1962, Batman number 148, it's, uh, Van, he gets into some trouble with his cousin. Van got into some trouble when he hired a con artist to impersonate Batman while he posed as Robin. Ah, there you That's go. Scoundrel. <laughs> so it's, it's Van, Van Der yeah, Veer this Wayne. character definitely <laughs> is somebody who is not in the same mold as Bruce Wayne. That is for sure. So no. He's like, I feel like I could kill somebody or you know, commit vehicular manslaughter yeah. and no one would, would uh, really care because Wayne's I'm a Wayne. come out on top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. Okay. So bef- he plays oh, that w- role yeah, really it's well. Awesome. Before we get into the characters, I, I just wanted to... No, yes, that's okay. I, this is going to be a little bit more loose of, of a show since we're only talking about a 30-minute pilot. And um, I wanted to get your kind of first impressions you know uh watching the episode you know i know we both watched it a couple times now uh what were your first impressions Mm -hmm. and then how did that kind of bleed into where you came maybe in that second viewing uh my first impression was wow this is actually done well because you know we had heard the production background and it had changed and then you get little bits and pieces of story like an io9 or on on you know sci-fi blogs or whatever that they're changing this they're reshooting that and you're like this is gonna be a mess and i was just like this is just really enjoyable i was like i was kind of just giddy through the whole thing because it was just it was fun there were so many little in jokes it it was i don't know i really really enjoyed it and then going back uh the second time 
I kind of really enjoyed the structure and the the interpersonal dynamics that they're setting up that you can kind of see. Like, I, I really like Jackie the second time around. I liked her the first time, but I really enjoyed her. The it's Bruce Wayne, or not Bruce Wayne, sorry, uh, Van Wayne's uh, assistant. So we'll talk about her when we talk about characters. But it was it was well, great. and and she was in a delightful little show that nobody watched and it got canceled. And I was really upset. Called A to Z. Yes. Yes. And she. Was I only the watched boss. one episode because I heard it was canceled when I first saw it. I'm like, I like yeah. this show so much, I cannot watch the rest of it because I'll get attached. Yeah, it was kind of heartbreaking. Um, and she was the boss there, and very funny. So I, I loved seeing her. But no, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, the first time I watched it, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I, it, it's like, how, how do you turn this into a comedy? Uh, how's this gonna work? But it, it was fun, and it was light, and it was airy, and, and it's not trying to be anything more. I think the show kind of knows what it wants to be, and... Better off Ted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I you know, it feels like that Pushing Daisies and Better Off Ted had a baby with DC Comics, and this is what they came up with. Yep. Um, that's a... That's a like an Andorian mixture there. They do four, <laughs> the three. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I, that's exactly what it felt like, though, and and I think that that's fun, you know, it, and it makes sense because it should be kind of wacky and zany and over the top. Uh, it it's cute and comical and whimsical. I think that's what I came yeah. away with the second time and realizing there's just a lot of whimsy in this show. They're just enjoying the um heightened reality of where they're putting their characters and i mean when you have a company that creates anti-joker venom yeah. you know um i i think that's that's hilarious it's very funny stuff and if you happen to be a comic book fan you get all those little in jokes which is a lot of fun but i also think this is kind of a it's kind of an interesting way to introduce people to comics that might not really be into them and, and kind of give them an in because this isn't about superheroes. This is about everyday right. people. And I think it's kind of it's a smart move on their part because it might also draw people from who just like sitcoms like, oh, this is funny to, oh, uh, that was an like, what is this? You know, who's the Crimson Fox or something? And they look it up and it could be it could lead them to actual comic books. It could lead them into movies. And just in general, or like, you know, or I don't get a lot out of the superhero genre, but my kids want to watch this with me. This is great. You know, we're both getting something out of it. And I would say that the show is mostly for kids until they went with the sex robot joke. And then I was yeah. like, oh, guys, and there was you another joke. Yeah, too. Yeah, you don't or, need that in here. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think that's. In, yeah, let's because really uh, it, Cut that stuff out, you know. Let this be a show that parents would be okay with letting their kids watch because that's kind of what it is, really, you know. It just it feels like you don't need lame sex jokes, which every yeah. comedy seems to do. I mean, geez, Big Bang Theory, I, I could write that in my sleep because it's just one lame sex joke after another. <laughs> this show doesn't need to be that, and because of the subject matter, you know, eight and up, it could be a good show for families to share together, except for having to explain right. to them what a sex robot is. And that's, I mean, let's, come on, guys. Let's not. They can that. have jokes, too, that are, that are going to go over kids' heads, but they're going to love it when, like, right. the guy gets hit with a baseball bat and, you know, and his suit explodes and, yeah. and stops him from getting, you know, that'll be funny for kids or younger kids. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't, don't think it's necessary. Um, and I know it's kind of interesting. Uh, some shows like um, 
uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, oh, which is not obviously for children, but they will have more adult versions of songs and stuff that are available offline that you can get, which is kind of interesting. So it's got almost this, if you want this other content, you can go get it, but this is totally safe to watch on television. But it wasn't too extreme, I don't think. I mean, there was, you know, there wasn't... It wasn't wasn't a showtime level, at least. So no, no. <laughs> I think that's just one of the things that um, I kind of miss sometimes in television. Is is I mean, I'm an adult, so I can take anything, you know. Right. But I do miss just being able to sit down and watch a show and just kind of have it be more wholesome. You know, I think maybe that's why I enjoy, for the most part, the CW. DC shows is because mm-hmm. they do feel more wholesome. I mean, Arrow can get a little bit uh, obviously darker and grittier, <laughs> and, and and the violence level is a little bit more. But all the other shows kind of yeah. fit within the wheelhouse of of very family friendly, uh, yeah. and and I love that, and I think that's important, and uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, now, don't hear me say that I don't think that superheroes can be serious and. And, you know, because right. I love Batman v Superman. So uh, I I like both sides. But when it comes to this kind of show, I just I, I hope that they'll continue to maybe be monitoring themselves. And, and let's just not fall into that. Yeah. Void of lazy writing. Yeah. Where you get maybe like and this is something that kids would like, but still I find really lazy writing is the the whole you know bodily humor joke you know just like yes, oh you yes know, like, yes and oh, i oh you stink or i don't think I don't we know, got any of those in this episode which no is great so which yeah. i was happy about yeah but it feels like there's a lot of really smart writing in, in some of the like little jokes and just the and the pacing of some of them where you know um when she comes in the and she's explaining to the the assistant like all these things happen to me on the train she goes okay i'm gonna stop you uh clearly you survived so <laughs> Yes, that uh, was know, that great. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. You, you I'm going to assume you're alive, so let's move on. You immediately got her character, which was so yeah. much fun. Uh, it, so diving into some of the characters, uh, mm-hmm. Vanessa Hudgens coming in playing Emily Locke, who has been hired as the director of research and development, even though she has never developed a product before. Um and has been hired Ble- bleeding a club isn't a product? No, I uh, know. Um and and you know, being six, that Wharton is not you know, having a product, um, but that's oh, that's okay. an important. <laughs> Basically, she's hired by Van Wayne to have the big idea because his goal is to move to Gotham, uh, so he needs the big idea to get him there. Uh, when he's not going to give it to anybody, so he keeps hiring these directors, and she just happens to be the fifth one of the yeah. I and going back to the Gotham thing really quickly. I know this is semi derailing. Um, why would you want to move to Gotham? I mean, he has to have been there. It's like the picture that he has on his wall is this beautiful shining, like daytime view. If I'm not mistaken of Gotham, which I don't think we ever see. Um, it was like, I'm not really sure. Charm city looks quite nice. <laughs> like, so, but uh, yeah, just, so that, that he was like, it I, dark. Yes. Apparently. <laughs> well, I, he I just wants know. the, I think he, it just means more money. Probably. <laughs> probably. So when I first saw Vanessa Hudgens, my first reaction was, I know her from somewhere. I don't know this person. It was like, oh, uh, High School Musical. It was like, okay, All in this yeah. together. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't High School Musical 3. That movie was awesome. <laughs> everybody, sh- no, you you should, I can hear everybody on their podcast is like, Matt loves High School Musical. Shut up. It's awesome. <laughs> Have you seen the High School Musical bad lip syncing version? No, but I'm going to have to look that up after this. They had that on the Disney Channel. It was hilarious. That's awesome. 
Yeah. So that was that was actually pretty funny. But no, I really liked her. I loved her. Like just the way their character, you can tell she's that nothing's going to get her down kind of person. She's a bit of Kara from Supergirl in a way. She's got that bubbly, upbeat personality. Uh, her father, who actually happened to be um, uh, Jimmy Olsen from the 70s and 80s movies of Superman and uh, Supergirl. Um, uh, Mark McClure, I think is his name. Uh, you know, he was a he ran a flower store, which is funny because that did remind me of uh, Pushing Daisies, too, with, the, mm-hmm. with all the yes, different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just I really liked her. I like her upbeat personality. I it just feels like one day there's going to be that point where she snaps. You just know that. <laughs> but but uh, just the fact that she doesn't give up. I think that's her. and there's a really good message on top of it. I think it was just really like, OK, this is cool. Yeah, no, I I really like her. I'm I'm hoping that she does kind of morph into a Chuck type character from Pushing Daisies, mm-hmm. uh, and I I I really loved um, that character and kind of her witticism and everything. And I, I feel like Vanessa Hudgens can do that, and I feel like the character mm-hmm. would come off well if they kind of give her that. Um, yeah, she's not always just like happy go lucky. Like she has she's gonna some have to sarcasm a bit. to her and yeah, stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that she will as she starts interacting with the different yes. people around her. And um, she's got uh, th- like three main people that work with her, which is Dane mm-hmm. Booty, uh, Ron, I think you would say his name, Funkes. I, I've heard it, Funches. Funches, there you go. Jeannie Pearson playing Wendy. Uh, all of them <laughs> make up her R&D development team. And man, talk about a motley crew. <laughs> yes, I love Wendy. She's like, I didn't didn't pitch in for that. She's like, I didn't expect you would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the very end when they gave her a bus pass. Yes. Well, that and uh, when she's like, oh, this is my Emily detector. Uh, yes. the text when you... people I don't like. Exactly. I love that. That was pretty yeah. funny. But no, I, I think it'll be interesting because the thing about a sitcom is that obviously characters kind of have more of a character. But what's mm-hmm. going to be important for them, I think, with each one of these characters is to give them something that makes them a little bit more human. Uh, because Ron, who plays Ron, I feel like, you know, he's this kind of innocent, super cute, takes care of his grandma, you know, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> but it, it, what what we really are going to need from each one of these characters is not just that kind of silly goofiness. There's going right. to need to be some humanity in all of them, and so that's yeah. what I'm going to be looking for as the season progresses. But I think that they are all fun, and yeah. I am looking forward to kind of hoping to see them grow. I mean, obviously, this is just a pilot. It's- well, it's, and, and in 22 minutes, it feels like we actually did get quite a bit of the world, and it's like, okay, I got a feeling for what's going on here at least, and mm-hmm. and that's you know, there's not a lot of content in 22 minutes when you come down to like storytelling. So it no. was a lot of it was done with just the tone and the and the the way they acted. So I think they they did really well mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, taking better off Ted as an example of this kind of thing, as time went on, there was sort of like there was a the inner office personalities and the conflicts and things like that. So you it was still a comedy, but you got a deeper thread of story all the way through. Yeah. So it's it's certainly you can be done. So. Well, and it, and there's possibilities to do that, I think. Uh, and and, yeah. it, and what it's going to mean is that as a writing staff, you're going to need to challenge yourself to not just take the lowest common denominator mm-hmm. and, and define that 
whatever it is in your show that'll allow that to happen. And I think some of these characters can do that. I think for me, the character that I liked the most was actually Christina Kirk's Jackie. And I just think, you know, she's the character who wanted to change the world and the world has just kind of beaten her down. And now she's just, or van has, (laughs) she's just trying to survive, you know, Uh, and not get fired. The way that she plays the role She's so good at that dry sense of humor. I just, I like it a lot. And I'm really interested yeah. to see what they do with her. She was actually the standout for me. As funny as Alan Tudyk is, I love Christina Kirk. Well, and they bounce off of each other really well, too. He's like, how do I look? It's like, like you don't understand how phones work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when Bruce was calling him. So there was, yeah, There, I think they they really... He basically ignores her, and she's just like, I can do whatever I want in front of you because you're really not paying attention to me. So you get that really kind of interesting dynamic. And he's not. He, I mean, he's not paying he's attention. He's not, no. No. Uh, and, and I think, you know, he's... My favorite line of his is the one where he's like, Emily comes in, and she's like, but did you, you've hired four other people besides five other people? He's like, wait, ah, yeah. uh, one of those got crushed by rubble before they even started. I like to think of that as God firing them. And I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And then when he gets up, he's just like, oh, my assistant has a phone call for me or needs something. And and he's waving at her and she's like, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so the the three, I don't know. I think they, they're all going to have really interesting combinations of ways we can have the characters interact. And... You know, you're talking about not falling back on certain things. It's like they also can't fall back on bringing in superheroes and things from other shows because they're not in the same universe. They're in apparently DC says it's called uh, Earth P. <laughs> so they don't even have a number. They have a letter. So, That's funny. I, you yeah. know, what I was kind of hoping and I just I thought it would be awesome is if they had had Ben Affleck show up for just the one episode at the very beginning and it was it was you know bruce wayne in the office that would have been with van um yeah. i thought that would have been kind of funny just as a, a, a scream to have but well that could be like a season ender or something true. like that or totally could be so i yeah. just think i i think that would be just an enjoyable thing to have happen um you know or uh maybe they could just cross over with the uh the cartoon <laughs> I don't remember which uh, universe it is. Forgive me, DC fans, but the one with Captain Carrot uh, and all the rest of the crazy. I can't remember oh, what the animal. Yeah, no, exactly. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. I want them to cross over with that universe. That would be awesome. So, um, no, I he is very funny, um, and I I think Alan Tudyk is the one they're going to look to to kind of give you that wacky zaniness and. Obviously, he's also the wrench the in the works kind of thing. Yes, yes, and he's just totally full of himself, uh, and and says outrageous things. Like my favorite though is when she tells him that, you know, Bruce Wayne has called him, and he picks up the phone. Beat ups, what's up? Yeah. You know, and he's like, <laughs> yes, yes, I'll hold. Yeah, I like that he calls Bruce Wayne beat ups. Yeah, <laughs> and this is all happening while there is a supervillain on everybody's computer screens ranting about whatever yes, he is and, yes. and they've just muted him and it's like at this point they're like okay I don't care anymore like, yeah. like that, that yeah. was great well and I think that's kind of the look and feel of the show it, it, if you've watched Pushing Daisies or Better Off Ted it's like those two universes merged where it really does feel like that everything is 
hyper real, over the top, you know, very colorful, bright. There's like lots of saturation. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like a cartoon almost in some ways, mm-hmm. like come to life. And I, I think that that's definitely what they're going for. And yeah. it's a lot of fun. But yeah, they live in this universe where, I mean, super villains happen all the time. Well, what is it? The number one cause of workplace accidents is Superman crashing through office windows. That's a simple fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I loved, which is yeah. why he created kryptonite windows yeah. and she's like but what happens if superman needs to save the people inside the building he's like i had not thought of that scenario and he drops yeah. it and the glass just shatters he's like it also does not keep other things out very well yeah <laughs> 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 oh. I, well i looked up i was like okay could in their universe actually that be the major cause of workplace accidents in our world, uh, about 4,800 people died with workplace accidents in 2015. So, given some of those destructive scenes we've seen in movies, it is possible that Superman is the number one cause of uh, of uh, on place ac- or workplace accidents in their universe. There you go. I mean, if you see the uh, extended cut of Batman v Superman: The Ultimate Edition, I still have not seen that movie. Uh, there is uh, a there's a scene <laughs> uh, that they added in with. Uh, the Wayne Tower, and you kind of they're they're continuing oh, okay. to build exactly why Batman's so frustrated with right. Superman, and Superman legitimately does come screaming into that tower because he got pushed by Zod, and that's the uh, tower that um well falls, and so oh okay because of the heat vision and all that anyway so oh, yeah, right, yeah. It, I'm what I'm saying is is yes that could be yep. a definite cause of what happens there so <laughs> I I think that look in the feel of show is good. I'm going to be interested to see, again, what the progression is going to be in the show, if they're going to uh, expand the city a little bit more or anything right. like that and kind of make it feel like a a more real place or, or what they're going to do. But so far, I like it because if you've never seen Pushing Daisies, that show was just beyond brilliant. And I think, unfortunately, ahead of its time because it only got two yep. seasons, but it's totally worth watching. It's just adorable awesomeness yeah there is so much in that that show that, that have we done have you done a uh, 602 club on the pushing daisies i have not but i'm going to because i love okay that show. good yes i will be, i will come back for that if you'd like to so uh something that's really interesting to me was and, and you mentioned it just a little bit earlier uh is that the show does find some depth and there's this whole idea of kind of like losing the joy losing that the, the the feeling, you know, um, or it, it, it almost feels like a world where people, well, they didn't listen to Journey and they did stop believing. <laughs> um, and it, and it, but it, what was great about it is it made me feel like sometimes I think we all do at work where just life kind of beats out the happiness and the joy and the, the fact that we can make a difference in the world and it's jobs and, and, and life in general. It just seems to do that. And, and, there is a nice subtle. And the older you get, it's like, you know, yes. bills and health yes. and yes. everything, and it's just like ah. <laughs> exactly, and and how do we make a difference when we're not superheroes? And and I thought what was nice about the show is that it did enforce and reinforce the idea that everybody can be a hero. Everyday heroes matter, and they're just as important as if we had real people putting on spandex capes and stuff and saving the world. We don't have that in our universe. It doesn't exist. Um, right. You need to go to Earth 4 for that. Uh, so, <laughs> but I thought that 
to me, it was like, wow, that's, you know, I, I feel that all the time and I need to remember that I need to get, get lost in my self pity and remember that, you know, I can change people's lives every day, maybe just by being nice to them. You know, I mean, I really liked that about the show. What I really enjoyed about the character of Emily is just the fact that she, no matter what happened to her that first day, she saw it as like something interesting to see. And, you know, like even it's like, I would be terrified if my train got thrown off of a, of a, a bridge or something like that. But she seems to have been interested in superheroes since she's been a kid and they inspired her to want to make a difference. So it was kind of nice to see that she was figuring out a way to carry that through, like you said, without without having powers. If we could all just take a little bit of that into ourselves somehow, it would be the world would just be a better place in general. Yeah. No, I can I mean I completely agree. And and it's I think that's where for me, earlier when we were talking about, you know, could this be a family show and that kind of stuff. Mm. And, and and those kind of messages, like, that's great stuff, you know, to be reminded of and for families to get to be able to talk about and all that kind of thing. And, and so maybe let's not take that opportunity away from parents because they might see some jokes or something in there where they're like, eh, I don't really want my kid watching that, you know. Uh, and, and that's what I feel like, even for me as an adult, it was nice to be reminded in, yes, a very cheesy and silly way. But an important way in the in the sense that life is is just a um a messy, crazy, you know, overwhelming thing sometimes. And we're all in it together. Um, I guess I am quoting high school musical now. Um <laughs> we are all in this together. And and so because of that, it's important for us to remember that we can make a difference and to find a way to do that in each and every day in small ways. You know, it doesn't have to be major, but it's the little things that do count in other people's lives by the actions that we do. And I think I, I you know, this is something I, I really liked and, and finding that way to do that. Um, yeah. And hopefully I think if for the show to continue to do well, it's to find that humanity in the silliness and be able to, you know, make you, you know, have that like, ah, oh, feeling yeah. after watching it. And I think there's mm-hmm. a such a place for that, like you were saying, in this world uh, th- where we can really enjoy watching something like this. So um, I don't know, Aaron, I, you know, there's not, obviously it's 22 minutes television. We're yeah. not going to spend an hour and a half talking about it. If you were going to rate just the pilot and, and whether or not you think it's worth people checking out, um, you know, maybe out of... Uh, one out of ten uh, pumpkin detectors. What do you think? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Um, I would probably, you know, star the eighth pumpkin because a star is actually greater than a circle, but less than a heart. Right, right. So, <laughs> I mean, if you didn't know Sorry. that, I don't know who didn't know that. I just no. Sorry, I don't. If you haven't seen the show, that is going to sound completely ridiculous. But no, I would say for the first episode uh, episode out there. Out of 10, I'd probably give it eight pumpkins. Maybe nine or 10, if depending on what kind of fan of comic books and stuff you are. I'm trying to give it like a, a rating for the average person. Because I think a lot of people are really into superheroes right now. It's a big thing, obviously. It's a major industry at this point. Um, and 
the comedy was just spot on and it was it was really really well done yeah um i think that i wanted to watch more <laughs> like, right away and i think that's the the best thing you could say about any show is yeah. that you'd want to watch more and i i was intrigued I, I liked kind of the the references from other TV shows that they're pulling in. Uh, you, you know, like we talked about with Pushing Daisies and Better Off Ted mm-hmm. and, and some of the stuff you see on the CW, uh, DC shows and all that. Every time they stepped out on that balcony, I kept waiting for Supergirl. To exactly. No, she's used to being in a flyer of a country. Uh, so, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that the show is a solid uh, 7 out of 10. And it's a good starting point. And, and a, what's going to be the big kicker, obviously, is how they continue on in the show. Yeah. And and I think with a ki- this kind of show, you you want there to be some more depth and continue what it that thing that it started in this episode, which is that there was some humanity to it. It wasn't just all jokes and goofiness. So. Hopefully, yeah, otherwise it's just going to be the literally the situation comedy where it's the same same thing happening week after week with exactly. just different different writing, you know, about the same problem or something. Right. So yeah, no, I'm really hoping that that we don't get the trapped in the basement episode or the, you know like the the flashback episode or like you know all the the, the clip standard episode. Yeah, the clip the the stand yeah the shades of gray. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, they could pull in some interesting things from others that, that they could actually use that and make fun of it. You know, or if you have, what is it, Starro? Not Starro. The the thing that uh, attaches to Superman and makes him oh, believe he's oh, living yes, in his... Oh, the Black Mercy, yeah. The Black Mercy. Like, maybe they can bring those elements because they're not exactly, you know, characters. They're, they're plot devices. And you could do some really fun things with that. I do have to say, uh, another thing that gave this seven stars was just the credits alone. The way yes. that the credits were done. One, that. the show has credits. Two, <laughs> the way that it pays homage to all these great DC comics is mm-hmm. brilliant. And I don't want to spoil it for a... Even if you don't watch the rest of the show, just watch the credits. Do yourself a favor. It's so inventive yeah. and so fun. And that's the thing. That was in my notes, too. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, this show continues to do those things where it's inventive and fun. And, and that's what they're going to have to continue to do to not to fall into those traps. So... I'm, I'm just, it's, it's been a blast getting to talk about Powerless and I hope everybody will check it out. I really want to say thank you to, um, the associate producers that we have through Patreon who make sure that this show and each and every other show here on the network keep coming to you each and every week. Ken Tripp, Davis Grayson, and Norman Lau, thank you guys so much for your support of the 602 Club. It does mean a lot to me, but uh, also your support of the entire network through Patreon. Uh, Now, we are a listener-supported network, and that means that there's absolutely no way that we can take over 20 different shows across the network and bring them to you each and every week all by ourselves. So go to patreon.com slash trekfm and see how just a little bit each month helps keep all of this content coming to you each and every week. And and you know what? It's great. It's high-quality content that is ad-free. Um, and, and so if you want that to keep coming to you, we've got some great perks that come for different levels of contribution. So again, go to patreon.com slash Trek FM. Now, Aaron, mm-hmm. first time here in the 602 club. I hope you had a great time, but I did. just in case everybody's not familiar with what you do here at the network or where they can find you, make sure they know. You can find me on 
Twitter at GeekFilter. That's my username. Uh, you can find me in the Babel Conference pretty much any time. But uh, as far as shows go, I'm the host of Saturday Morning Trek. It's a our podcast about Star Trek, the animated series, and all things Trek in the 1970s. And Adam Drazen is normally my co-host, but we've sort of also grabbed other people and brought them in. We've been having fun. We have a, an episode that should be coming out soon uh, where we had somebody from our local comic book company came in and, and uh, our comic book company, sorry, our local comic book store and uh, joined us when we did an re- episode review. And we're soon going to be actually talking to somebody from Filmation who worked. Oh, cool. Animating on the. Yeah, exactly. So we can ask all these questions that we've had over the years of like. Why did this happen? And, you know, who recorded what? And so we're very excited about that. And I'm also the uh, network art director. So if you see uh, some of the logos and things like that that we have out there, that uh, is mostly my work. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for joining us, Aaron. And uh, thank you. If you'd like to find me, you can find me on Twitter at MattRushing02. I'm here on the network doing the orb with Chris Jones talking about Deep Space Nine. We hope to be back soon. Everybody, cross your fingers and keep those prayers coming that chris continues to get better we really appreciate all the support you've given us um honestly show's been doing great because new people have been finding us new people have been talking about it and you guys have been sharing it still and we really appreciate your concern it means a lot to us uh of course here in the 602 club and you can find star wars the 602 club collection as well both of those are on itunes so make sure you check those out and over on the Nerd Party Network, I'm talking about Star Wars with John Mills on aggressive negotiations. I hope that you will check it out. We have so much fun just sitting in and talking about a different, maybe strange, esoteric, fun, serious, crazy topic in Star Wars each and every week. So join us there. Again, that's aggressive negotiations. And last but not least, doing Owl Post, a Harry Potter podcast with Dre Kaufman, where we are talking about each and every chapter of Harry Potter, one chapter at a time. Uh, we're not that far in, so it's really the perfect time to join us. If you've never read the series, perfect time to start. And if you've already read it a million times, it's the perfect time to dive in. So just check that out over on the nerdparty.com or, of course, on iTunes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now, you hear? 